Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. But I want to talk about this place called Jericho for a moment. Because it was this place, Jericho, that when they crossed over the Jordan, Jericho was the first piece of the puzzle that they were going to have to take in order to, in order to take the rest of the promises. All right, so watch this. So, so Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the sons of Israel. No one went out and no one came in. I used to think about this verse and think, man, about how impenetrable it wasn't able to be penetrated and all this. But do you know why it was shut up? Do you know why nobody was going in and nobody was going out? The reason that nobody was going in or going out is because they were afraid of the people of God. Remember what Rahab said? Rahab said, our hearts melted when we heard about you. Our hearts melted. Do you understand something this morning? The place that you think you can't take that is occupied by the devil, listen, is already afraid of you. We have this notion sometimes. Listen to me. Do Do you know you're a house of terror to the devil? The reason that, listen to me, listen to me. I think it's interesting to think about this place, Jericho. Nobody's going in, nobody's going out because they were afraid of the people of God. Do you know what happens to a city? Do you know what happens to a city when nobody's going in and nobody's going out? Eventually, that city will die because its resources are cut off. I've never preached this before. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Nobody goes in, nobody goes out. There's no resources going in, no resources going out. Eventually, that city dies. Do you understand that the places that are inhabited by evil are afraid of you? And I'm going to tell you something this morning. Listen to me for a moment. I want you to understand something. Those places are afraid of you, the people of God, who have the spirit of God. And the only thing that's going to empower them is our fear. I'm not afraid of the gates of hell. The Bible, Jesus says what? Jesus, Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail. How many know you don't attack with gates? Here we come. We're coming to the back. I got a gate. How many know you come with a sword and you come with a spear and you come with weapons? You don't attack with gates. Do you understand something this morning? That Jericho was a picture of the gates of hell that were shut up that could not prevail against the people of God. Do you understand this morning that there are demonic places in your life, not not in your life, but there are places that are held by evil that God wants to break down, that listen to me this morning, that the gates of those places cannot, cannot, the gates of hell cannot prevail against a people of faith who will move out in faith and come against those places. Do you believe that? Jericho is a picture of a place shut behind the gates of hell. And yet a people of faith with the promise of God came across the Jordan and they see that city. Hmm. I believe, I'll make a declaration right now, that there are places in this city that the gates are about to crumble. I believe, and I didn't plan on saying any of this, I believe there are places in your life that the gates of hell are getting ready to crumble in front of a people of faith who will be activating their faith, who will cross over by faith, who will implement the plan of God by faith. Because how many know the plan of God sometimes makes no sense? 
Have you looked at the plan that God gave him? Okay, there's a couple things in this scripture I want you to see. You see, it was a stronghold. It was a place. It was a place that had the gates of hell. And it was a stronghold that would stand between God's people and God's promises. It was a stronghold of idolatry and occult activity. It was a stronghold of wickedness. All right? And, and some things had to happen here in order for them to overcome that. The first one is you back up a few verses to chapter 5. The Bible says that Joshua had lifted up his eyes in verse 13. And he looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? He said, no, I have come as captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and he bowed before him, and he said, what has my Lord to say to his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said to him, remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy. Okay, now listen to me for a moment. Here's Joshua, man of God, man of war, knew how to fight, has fight, fought many battles, comes across the Jordan River, looks at this place called Jericho. He lifts his eyes up. He sees it. But now the captain of the Lord's army appears to him. And all of a sudden, he says, listen, take off your shoes. Joshua bows before him. Listen to me. How many of you have some things in your life you want to overcome? Let me give you a, a principle. I think before you can overcome that thing, you need to be overcome by God. Joshua, before he would overcome Jericho, was first overcame by God. That God overcame, that, that, that he said, this, this was Joshua, the leader of Israel, just met the Lord of the earth. He just met the ruler of the world. Joshua was a military man with success on his resume. Do you know, do you know, sometimes, you're, do you know that sometimes your earthly success can be a spiritual barrier? But the moment that you think, that, that, how many know that sometimes the things that you do in the natural that gave you success can be a barrier to the things you need to do in the spiritual in order to have victory? There's a war that goes on there, is there not? Is there not a war that goes on between our spirit and our flesh? But this doesn't make sense. I know. But pastor, remember that one service years ago? But pastor, it doesn't make any sense to empty the checkbook and give our money away on a Sunday. Remember that service? That makes no sense in the natural. That's stupid in the natural. Oh, but it, it, it yields some spiritual results. Don't allow your natural success to be a hindrance to spiritual success. It was a stronghold, okay? And, and Joshua, he knew how to fight, and he knew how to lead, and he knew how to defeat the enemy. He was a man of position. He was a man of authority. We want to overcome our addiction without submitting to God. We want to overcome our poverty without submitting to God. We, we want to overcome our illness without submitting to God. We, we want to overcome our anger without submitting to God. Or we want our marriage to be restored but not submit to God. We, we want our city to be redeemed, but we don't want to submit to God in order to have it happen. We want our church to grow without allowing him to be the head of it. You, you see, Joshua was able to see God for who he was, and before he would overcome Jericho, he was overcome by God. When he saw God for who he was, now he could see the battle for what it was. It's not my battle, baby. It's God's battle. Because the captain of the army was at hand. And if the captain of the army was at hand, how many of the armies at hand? When he saw God for who he was, he could see the battle for what it was. The battle, this battle was God's. The enemies were God's enemies. Long and listen to me, long before they were Joshua's enemies, they were God's enemies. 
Your enemy was God's enemy long before you even existed. The battle isn't flesh and blood, is it? This encounter with God would tell Joshua, this isn't your battle. This is God's battle. And there's an unseen army that's fighting this battle. Aren't you glad for the unseen army? Yeah. Woo. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo, baby, you're stoked now. I see some of you jumping. Verse 2 of chapter 6 said what? I've given, this, I've given this to you. I've given Jericho to you. You know why God could give him Jericho? Because it belonged to him. It belonged to God. It didn't belong to Jericho. It didn't belong to those who lived in the land. It belonged to God. That land was usurped by the enemy. It belonged to God. Listen to me this morning. There are some things in your life that you don't have. The reason you don't have them isn't because they were yours. It's because they were God. And the enemy is trying to stop them from, from God's things from being your things. These were, this was God's city. It was God's possession. It was God's to give. The earth is the Lord's. He's the Lord of the earth. Evil was squatting on what belonged to the people of God. You, you, people, always, I, I told you this before. I'll tell you again. People say to me, Pastor, would you take the winnings off a lottery? Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's 20% though, remember. Would you take money from this person or that person? Yep. You said, but how do you do that? How, how do you take that money from, because we don't believe in this, we don't believe in that. How do you do that? It was God's before evil stole it. I'll take a drug dealer's money. Give me the money. Why? Because it was God's. You stole it. You usurped it. You used it for evil. We're going to restore it. <laughs> Some people think I'm crazy. I ain't crazy. It was God's. It was God's before it was used for evil. The earth was God's and belonged to God before it got contaminated by sin. The earth was God's and the things of the earth belonged to God. And it's our job to take those things and redeem them for the glory of God. Okay, that's another story. Some of you are just being religious on me. You be religious. I'm going to spend the money. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm giving you what belongs to me, Joshua. I want you to see it. I'm giving to you what I promised to Abraham. God was making good on it. Okay? Now he saw God for who he was. He saw the battle for what it was. It's not my battle. It's God's battle. And now God gives him a strategy that just doesn't make sense, does it? Now, Joshua, this is how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to do this. We're going to do it like this. You're going to take the people, and you're going to march around the city for six days, and you're not going to say anything for six days. You can't get a bunch of Pentecostals not to say anything for six minutes. For six days, you're going to march around and say nothing. You see, if I'm looking at Jericho, I'm looking at those walls and saying, oh, baby, how are we going to scale those walls? Maybe we could dig a tunnel and go under them. How are we going to do that? Maybe we can smash a hole through it with a ram. Maybe we can put a siege around and starve them out. Maybe, I don't know. But God gives him a strategy that doesn't make sense. But isn't that what the Apostle Paul told us? He said, for though we live in the world, we don't wage wars the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. 
We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. You see, Joshua, you're going to fight this battle, and you're going to know it's me, and we're going to use a method that's not of this world. We're going to use something. We're going to use a spiritual strategy. And so you take this, and you go for six days. You take the Ark of the Covenant. You put the priest in front of that. And what? You march around that city for six days. Remember what David said to Goliath? You come at me with sword, spear, and javelin. I'm coming to get you with the name of the Lord. Hmm. Divine weapons have divine power. Earthly weapons have earthly power. The strategy, an armed guard, seven priests, seven trumpets. I think that's a weird way to go to battle. I see you're all reading the rest of the story thinking, that's not weird. I read the Bible. It was weird. Okay? Seven priests, seven trumpets. The ark of God was being carried. There was a rear guard behind it. They would march around the city for six days saying nothing, but they would be blowing the trumpets. All right? And then they would go back to camp. And then they would do it seven times on the seventh day they'd go around the city. And then they would sound the trumpet, and then when they would shout. Why? All right? They're carrying this ark. How many know what they're carrying is the presence of God around that city? How many know when they're blowing that trumpet, they're announcing judgment is about to come? How many know that the law, which was inside of the, the law inside of that ark, was judging the sin of that city? All right? The blood and the mercy seat was there. The throne of God was with his people. They were declaring the lordship of God over Jericho. Today, I declare the lordship of Jesus over the city. Come on, priest. Come on, priest. We sometimes are so good at declaring the devil's foothold over our city. Oh, there's nothing good happening. Oh, this, all that. I think it's time for the priest to open up their mouth, blow the trumpet, and declare the lordship of God over the city. Okay, you know what this week is? This week on the 20th, I think it's the 20th and 21st or 21 and 22, it's the Feast of Trumpets in the Jewish calendar. It's the Feast of Trumpets. Let me tell you who the trumpet is. You're the trumpet. You're the trumpet of God. It's time to lift up your voice and declare the lordship of God over this city, over your life, over your area. Where they were declaring his lordship over a stronghold that would lay in front of them. They declared his lordship over that promised land. All right, they were going to move by faith, and there was proclamation, there was declaration, there was obedience, there was perseverance. And so I want you to see something. So for, get this for a moment. And so for six days, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get impatient. I know it's hard to imagine. And, 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 and when, how many of you try, you got an idea and you try something and it doesn't work and you just want to quit? Hmm? And so you, walk, you march around the city day one, nothing happens. Not even a crumble of the wall. Hmm? Day, day two, back to camp. Day three, back to camp. How many of you might have felt like, I'm going to quit after day three? How many of you start exercising on Monday and by Wednesday you're done? <laughs> like, I'm going to start on Monday. Whew, thank God it's Wednesday. Right? I'm going to do 40 minutes on the treadmill. Oh, five minutes, got that in. Day four, day five, day six, back to the camp. Six laps around. For a season, they worked and nothing happened. Nothing. Some of you are in that season. You say, man, I've been in this season, and I've worked, and I've toiled, and I've walked, and i got nothing to show for it. i got nothing to show for it. They would circle, and they were surrounded, and nothing changed. No cracks, no crumbling, nothing. I, I, I'm a, I, I just got this w weird imagination. 
I, I just even think there was, you know, some people from Jericho standing on a wall going, <laughs> suckers, that's how you're going to attack us? But remember, they were scared. For six days, nothing. They didn't say a word. For six days, they marched and nothing happened. They blew the trumpet. They carried the ark of God for six days. Six days of waiting. Six days of walking. Six, de six days of keeping silent. Six days of nothing. And then the seventh day came. And we're going to walk around seven times. Seven times around the same mountain, around the same stronghold, the same fortress, the same barrier. How many, how many would say this morning, there's a, there's a thing that you have walked around many, many times? Hmm? There's something in your life. And here it is again, and I'm walking around it again. Maybe this time I challenge you to walk around it a little differently. Maybe this time I say, let's walk around it declaring the lordship of Jesus. Let's walk around it declaring the, uh, blowing the trumpet. Let's walk around it as the priests of God that are ushering the presence of God around that situation. Seven times around that same thing. But guess what? The last lap was at hand. The last lap was at hand. There would be no more laps after this one. This was the one when God would suddenly move in their midst. After walking faithfully, after carrying out what God said, after doing it the way God said to do it, after walking with a strategy that didn't make sense in this world, after doing it, finally they're on that last lap. There would be no more laps, and God would suddenly move. This is the one when the vaunted walls of Jericho would crumble before them. Because the, what would happen is, listen to me, that trumpet was going to blow with that long sound. The shout was going to go up. But guess what was happening in the heavenly realm? There was the command of the army. The captain of the Lord's army would be released. And that unseen army would cause the walls of Jericho to fall before them. Do you see the unseen army? Do you believe there's an unseen army? The commander-in-chief gave the command. The unseen angelic host would rip those walls down. The enemy would be exposed. The people of God would rush in. The enemy's grip would be destroyed. Listen to me this morning. Do not get weary. I'm here to say to you this morning, do not get weary. Keep circling, keep circling, but circle with the declaration of God. Circle in faith. Circle with a, the, the sound of the trumpet. Circle with the lordship of him. Circle it with the presence of God. Do not get weary. Do not get weary because God's ready to release help from the sanctuary that we talked about earlier. Get ready to sing. Get ready to shout. Get ready to see the enemy exposed and defeated. Listen to me. He should have taken you out a long time ago, but he didn't take you out. And guess what? Since he didn't take you out, you're still around that, going around that thing. Jericho. Let me tell you what Jericho was, and I'll be, I'll be done in a few minutes. Say, yeah, right. I'm serious. Jericho, and, and, and this was a thought that came to me this morning. Jericho was an ancient promise to an earlier generation. Canaan was promised to Abraham. Jericho was promised to one generation that now another generation was going to acquire. I believe that there are some promises for this generation to gather that were made to another generation.
I believe. Come on, Troy. See? That means another 20, 30 minutes. I'm just glad he's in here when I said it this time. I believe, listen to me, that this generation in this church is going to secure some things that were promised to another generation of this church. God's given me this stuff this morning. I believe that there are some ancient prayers that God's ready to answer. Hmm? I believe. You, you see, it was a promise to Abraham, and it was a promise to Isaac, and it was a promise to Jacob that the land of Canaan would be theirs. 600 years prior to Joshua, Abraham was given a promise by God. 600 years. The Bible tells us in, in, in Hebrews that he never got the things promised. He only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And then there was a generation that I believe missed it. How many of you know that God planned for another generation to take possession of that land? But why didn't that generation take the promise of God? Because that generation got to the very threshold of the promised land. And they allowed fear and a lack of faith to dominate their hearts. We can't go in. Had giants in the land. Oh my. There's lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Yeah, I'm weird. There's giants. We saw them. Huh. Guess what? Guess what? Do you know who was part of seeing those giants 40 years earlier? A man named Joshua. And 40 years earlier, you know what he said? We can take the land. And 40 years later, he's at the threshold saying, Guess what? We're going to take the land. Come on, how many know that the promise never grew weary in the heart of Joshua? Don't you listen to me this morning. Man, I, I'm saying something. Some of you, God made a promise 40 years ago. I'm going to tell you, you saw a promise 40 years ago. I want to make you a promise this morning. It's going to come to pass. Don't be fearful now. Walk in faith. Walk in obedience. Get a God-given strategy. Hear the strategy of God. It was a promise to the fathers of faith. It was a promise to the forefathers. The promise was in sight. There it is. That promise to Abraham was now going to be, be fulfilled by a generation far removed from him. There's some ancient promises that God's wanting to give the people of God. But some of those promises have grown dim because they've tarried. How many of you say this morning, the promise has grown a little dim because it's tarried? It's grown a little dim because we haven't experienced it. We haven't walked into it. I believe that I, I believe. You, you know, I keep people seeing people say, and this is a good thing. I mean, no, listen to me. There's, there's lots of people who like to have like be naysayers about the things in the city and the region and so forth. But how many know there's another group of people talking about the buzz in the city? Anybody? Okay, you guys need different friends. <laughs> you need to read different stuff. There's some good things happening. 
There's a buzz. But I'm telling you, it's because I believe that God is getting ready for a generation to secure the promises that he made to another generation. Can you see it? Can you see it? I don't know, maybe I'm weird. I see it for you. I see it for your family. I I see it for the church. I see it. I see it. And I speak it and I pronounce it and I declare his lordship over you, your life, this church, this city. I declare it this morning. And I say to you, walk with me, walk with us, walk with others as we walk around that which was promised so that the promise made to a generation 40 years ago is realized today. That that a promise that was made 600 years ago. But how does it happen? It happens when we become a people who have been overcome by God. Man, God has just overcome me, overwhelmed me. Everything else bows in comparison. It it happens as I'm saying, God, I want to go. And I want to go into this with your thinking and your thought process, your strategy, not the weapons of this world. I want to go into it declaring his lordship. Because you know what happened? At the end of that, when those walls come down, when those walls came down, the people go in and they take the city. There's only one person that could get the glory. God. <laughs> Joshua, you never lifted a sword. You never lifted a spear. You never lifted a weapon. You never put a hole in the wall. You never did a thing. All you did was obedient to what I said to do. And now I get the glory because it was me that brought it down. I'm making you a promise today. I'm making you a promise. That if you won't get weary, if you won't get weary, circling, circling, and circling, even when you don't see anything changing, and you keep walking in faith, and you keep walking and declaring his lordship, and you keep moving, and you keep trusting, I'm making a promise the walls will come down and the promise will be had. So Father, in this house this morning, I'm praying for the reminder. First of all, I'm praying for a reminder of ancient promises. Hmm. Promises that might have been made to a family. Promises that might have been made to a church. Promises that might have been made to a city. And I pray that we would have a remembrance of those things. Joshua would be able to go back and read the books of the law. And he'd be able to read the history of the promises of God. 
And here he was at this moment, at this threshold, where he could lead a generation into possessing those promises. May we, be not, may we not be like the previous generation, who through fear and the lack of faith were unable to possess and secure that which was promised. May we be a people of faith. May we be a people of obedience. May we be a people of divine strategies. May we be a people that can see Jericho as the place that belongs to you. May we see those things in our life as things that belong to you. And Father, I pray now for those who are weary. I pray for those who are weary. They've been circling. They're circling. If you're here this morning and you say, well, I've been weary. I've gotten tired, man. I believed and I believed and I believed and I've been like a lap after lap. And nothing seems to be changing and nothing seems to be happening. And I'm tired. I just want to quit. I'm tired. If you're tired, just when you're weary, stand up. Just stand up. You don't have to go any further. Just stand up. I want to pray for you. Father, in this house right now are people standing and saying, you know what? I've been circling this thing. I've been circling this for a while. And I believe that the things that I'm circling, you promised to me. And yet nothing seems to have been changing. But I still believe the promise. This morning, may they still believe the promise. May the promise be resurrected in their heart. May the promise this morning be stirred. May it be stirred this morning. And my, Father, may they be able to see the promise through the eyes of God. May we be able to see this morning the promise through his eyes. It says, look, look, I've given it to you. It's yours. Just because you don't have it yet doesn't mean it's not yours. And I say to you this morning, you may not have it yet, but I say to you this morning, it still belongs to you. And I say to you this morning, walk blowing the trumpet. Walk blowing the trumpet. Lift up your voice. Sound the alarm. Sound the trumpet. Declare his lordship. Declare his lordship out of lips that flow words of faith. Declare his lordship. Because in a moment, in a moment, the unseen, the unseen forces the unseen forces of heaven will usher that promise into your life. I believe that he wants to I believe that he wants this morning to renew in you a promise, to renew faith in you. I believe this morning that he wants to renew your strength, refresh you. And he says to you this morning, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. Don't give up. Keep walking. Keep singing. Father, refresh their spirits, refresh their bodies, refresh them and renew them and strengthen them.
May the joy of the Lord become their strength this morning. Stir faith this morning. Stir hope this morning. May this be a day. May this be a day that they could point to and say, my hope was restored. My promise was restored. I saw it again. I saw it fresh. I saw it anew. And I'm ready to keep walking. And I'm ready to keep the journey. And I'm ready to keep going around. And I'm ready to keep it up. Father, I pray now for individuals. I pray now for this church. Father, I pray right now, Father, I pray for this generation of this house that we would be people that would absolutely see and secure promises that you made to this church 90 years ago. I don't know what they are, but I believe there were promises that were made. I believe there were promises made to a generation. And I believe some of those promises have been obviously possessed, but I believe there are some yet to be possessed. May we see them, hear them by faith. May we walk in faith. May we be a generation that would possess them. Father, for this city, this is your city. It's your city, God. Belongs to you. And you didn't send a group of your people to your city to destroy this city like you did Jericho. You sent this group of people and many groups of people in this city to bring a blessing of God upon this city. Father, I would say that we would walk by faith to see it happen. That we would use a strategy from on high to see it happen. Come on, everybody else join me standing up. We can sing. Nah. <laughs> I want to sing a theme song. Going back and sing that song we sang for a good bit of our Lemon Street project. Tell me no. He's the God of this city. He's the God of this city. They marched around that city with the Ark of God. The priest led the processional. They blew the trumpet, which was an announcement that there's a new king in the land. They blew that trumpet at the announcement of a new season. They blew that trumpet, the announcement of a new king. They blew it on special occasions. It was the sound of God. Come on, people of God, release the sound of God. Come on, trumpets of God, release the sound of God. He's the God of this city. Come on, sing with me as we close. Come on, sing it, Troy. <laughs>